Hi there, and welcome to the Living with SMA podcast. We're here to have conversations about living with spinal muscular atrophy. Throughout this podcast, we will be covering lots of different topics from preparing for university, getting the most from your personal budget, sex and relationships, and lots, lots more. So we invite different hosts from across the SMA community to come together here. We want to answer your questions, provide you with useful tips and recommendations, and also share personal stories. So please do reach out and connect with us here at the charity SMA UK. Thank you for listening, and we hope you find the podcast useful. Welcome to part three of About Toilets. We previously covered in part two, gender neutral bathrooms, policy and standards, and lack of awareness. Today, we will be discussing shared space bathrooms, queue jumping and ignorance, and feeling like a burden. In terms of, in terms of um, the, the overall or the overarching experience of the, the variations in bathrooms, do you think that center, shopping centers and um, little, little pockets of restaurants could probably do a, a concerted effort in getting all the shops to join forces and, and help pay for that expense rather than them each having their own individual bathroom. I mean, I know I know that it's impractical to say one bathroom would be able to cater to 30 restaurants, but if 30 restaurants take the same money that they spend on their bathrooms, they could probably build four changing places bathrooms or five. And that could make a, a massive impact having a, a central hub that we can go to. Yes, it's probably going to be a pain in the ass to to leave the table and go out of the restaurant to that bathroom. But at least we know it's practical and at least we know that it works. Um, what, what, do you think something like that would work, Jasmine? Yeah, I think so. And I was just going to say as well that um, I don't know if you guys know Bristol very well. But they have um, a shopping centre there called Cabot Circus. And it's quite big. There's restaurants, pubs, you know, um, shops, uh, you know, normal um, shops that you go shopping in, obviously. Um, and they have um, what we were saying similarly a moment ago, where you've got like the normal disabled toilet, then you've got the wheelchair accessible toilet, then you have the changing places. They have got that there, but it's only the one. And if you're at a shop, say, five minutes away, that's that's all right in the summer, isn't it? But actually in the winter, when we all struggle and we're weaker and it's just a bit more crappy, that's not ideal. But I do think that if mm-hmm. shops got together and put their money together to at least make one or more, then it's better than nothing. It's better than, you know, like Ross was saying, he doesn't particularly drink anymore. Um, I don't particularly drink anymore either because I know that the more alcohol I have, the more times I'm going to need the bathroom. And if I know that the bathroom is going to be an absolute ball ache, I'd rather just not drink and dehydrate. <laughs> yeah, and that's obviously not practical, is it? I think I think most of of us here and and those who will be listening will will know that sometimes we we sacrifice ourselves for the impracticality of finding a bathroom when we need it. And I, I, and I don't think that that should be how we should be living our lives. I think I think that there's a lot more that can be done to... to for, uh, some advocacy being done from the community um, 
to to try and get people to pay more attention to this. Um, I think also looking at at some of the experiences that I've had since I've been here, um, people are also queuing for bathrooms, um, especially down the the, the little um, hallways in, in, inside the centres. And you still have to ask them, please excuse me, please excuse me, please excuse me, because it's all the way at the other end of the hallway. And I understand why they do that. It's to try to keep you out the way, um, because we're a trip hazard and all of that jazz for health and safety. But I think that also creates an element of of people using the key, the radar key especially, as a, a way to get past a queue. Um, so I, I've I have seen it um, where someone just, in in my opinion, I know it's very hard to identify hidden disabilities uh, these days. But in my opinion, that's someone that could have definitely waited, um, and they literally just pulled out the key and said, "Ooh, I got my dad's key. We may as well use this quick." And they were ahead of me, so they went into the bathroom first. They didn't care that I was behind them. Uh, I think there's. There's that kind of societal ignorance that 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 we kind of have to deal with as well. Yeah. It, it, interestingly, I was at Newcastle train station about two weeks ago, and there was a change in places facility, which I used. And my PA that was with me on the day needed to use the bathroom as well after me. And when we came out of the change in places toilet, the queue to the female toilets was about thirty deep. And I actually said to her, just go back in there. There's no one waiting and use the toilet. But she wouldn't, which commendably she didn't. But I also think that kind of was a reason why if I, if then I had to wait because like she had to go, I was then left in a vulnerable position because I was standing somewhere kind of in the way, you know, if I'd gone outside of that queue, again, I was just on a platform, you know, waiting. So, so I think... I think there's also other elements of looking at, you know, disabled people have carers with them. So they're, it's not just, it's us, you know, it's, it's, there's a bigger, bigger subject. And I'm maybe slightly kind of taking the mick, but yeah, I think sometimes there is reasons why a non-disabled person might use the accessible toilet. Cause it'll be funny. I know we have to go to the bathroom in front of them, but the other way around is a bit unacceptable really, isn't it? So um, I think, I think the other thing is, just going back to the bit around your bit about shared spaces and stuff, you know, the, the modern world that we're moving to is all about, you know, you see the high street crumbling and therefore like, you know, big department stores that are now, you know, they're being like, you know, these pop-up shops where there's loads of little independents within there. And my friend, he works in sort of um, like construction. And, and he was saying to me in London, there's like one kitchen that's got, you know, a pizza, a McDonald's, KFC. They're not even branded. You can't go there as a customer on the high street. But when you get your Deliveroo, that's where it comes from. So they're, those brands are paying rent or sharing the cost of that space to deliver us our takeaway food. So the same principle of, you know, four or five restaurants, you know, in, in a hub, they're all connected somehow. Maybe in the middle of that, you know, there is one decent or a couple of decent disabled stroke change in places toilets that they share the cost with that that wouldn't be unreasonable yeah uh, I, th I think so too um, it, it was something that i thought about the other day and i think definitely that's something that 
that we could probably aspire to. Um, I think something that just popped into my head now, though, um, do you think do you think we could see a, possibly a a way where we can integrate certain spaces to be multifunctional? I mean, I, I, I'm going back to to Harvey uh, Isaac Harvey's post, uh, which you didn't like, Ross, talking about building a bathroom that's usable for everyone. Um, do you think that that that's kind of going to complicate things and, and make queues longer? Uh, if you think uh, think of of how long it takes someone like us to go to the bathroom, um, and someone else is waiting to use that bathroom because it's been made for multifunction. Uh, do you not think that that we're going to see more issues of people queuing and waiting and getting frustrated and banging on the door, which obviously doesn't make the experience easier for us on the inside? That's a good point, actually, because I think um, I, coming from my point of view, like I feel like a burden anyway, and I feel that if the toilet was, um, you know, used by everybody, like we do take longer people are going to get annoyed, people are going to knock and um, bang and when we've got stage fright as it is, that's not the greatest of, um, you know, things to go through. But I just think as well, like, it can depend, I don't know about you guys, but it can depend on the PA that you've got as well and how quickly you use the bathroom. If you've got perhaps somebody new or somebody that's not as strong or qualified or not as confident like it can it can range between taking five minutes to 15 to 20 and at least with the disabled bathroom being separate you haven't got to worry about well you know you've got the worry of another disabled person needing that toilet needing to use the bathroom but you haven't got to worry about like quite judgmental here but like young teenagers coming in drunk you know wanting to come and use the bathroom sneak more alcohol in etc etc Yeah, or thinking it's yeah. or thinking it's funny to bang on the door because they know that there's someone in there. Because I've had to deal with that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think also, you know, the world has taught COVID has taught us one thing that you know, the human race can't be relied upon to follow the rules. Um, whether you know wherever you stand on this stuff, but mm -hmm. you know, I'm a realist. You know, I'm not a, I'm not the, I'm not citizen. Um, perfect you know I, you know I don't profess to be um, but you know what happens when people go into a bathroom that's got additional facilities they go oh, I wonder what that does and they they you know they they might use the hoist just or try the hoist and then they don't put it back on charge yeah. because they don't understand the importance of it yeah. and therefore when you turn up and need to use it it you know it might have been only a couple of millimeters away from where the charging point is or you know people sit on the sink and the electric height adjustable sink that's been installed all of a sudden is no longer it, i just think there's a risk of, of of damage and it's not some people don't do these things intentionally they're just you know not really um, they don't you know they don't understand yeah yeah there are some people who are idiots who do create damage and, and vandalism because they get a kick out of it yep um yeah i just yeah i I don't, I don't, as much as I think, I think what Isaac's dream about, you know, one place for everyone is, is great, but, you know, just take it away from toilets again, you know, people who want to go and prayer because they, 
prayer three times a day, if we said to them, oh, yeah, you, you now pray in front of everybody, they probably wouldn't want to do it. They want to yeah. do it in privacy. Yeah. yeah. No different. Yeah, I think, I think definitely that, yeah, I think definitely there's spaces in the in the in the world for togetherness, and I, and I think um, unfortunately we we might have to concede that there's other things that we're not going to do inclusively or or, to, or or together. I think when you look at as you say having to have a a PA or or a carer with you, it, it sort of complicates the fact, um, as you say, because of their Either they they they're new to the job, they don't know how you do it, um, and there is no routine like you would have with someone who's been with you for a long time. Let's try talk about some some more positive stuff. So I know we've covered um, the uh, the changing places, um, and, and maybe we can use this to to end off the episode um, today. Um, but what what what? What positive experiences can you share? Maybe just one each of something that's really wowed you. I mean, I know Ross, you travel around quite a lot, so you it's probably going to be be easy for you. But um, maybe Jas- Jasmine can go first. What what experience can you think of that has really been a positive experience in the bathroom space for you? Okay, so um, differently to Ross, I've actually only ever used two changing places toilets um and they were both very very different so one was in um a local pub and it was really spacious there was um like screening um the sink went up and down the bed you know it was i couldn't have faulted it at all um and that was the first time i'd ever seen one or even heard of one so my first ever experience i was blown away i was taking photos and videos and it was just great um I went back to the table and I got my friends and I showed them and I don't know I just it made me feel more relaxed to be honest that I could if I needed to just go there and it wasn't an issue I didn't have to worry or panic or anything like that um and then the second time that I um used one which was the one in Bristol that I was talking to you about I was blown away again because um in that toilet they also had three lots of different slings and I mean I will use any sling anyway if I if and when I get hoisted. But that blew me away because sometimes you do forget the proper left, proper essential stuff like a sling. And I thought, oh my God, if I was hoisted and people didn't chuck me on and off of the toilet, like that's so thoughtful and I, I, like it just touches you, doesn't it? Like that that's you know, it's it's normal really and people normal people I suppose can just go to the toilet and um you know, do their business with no pressure and no worries, whereas we do have pressure and we do have worries. So when there is a accessible toilet, it just feels good. Yeah, absolutely. Ross, how about you? Um so I do I do get to see a lot of changing places, facilities around you know, because I travel a bit, so I can't say any of them have I'm not surprised because I know what they're going to entail. Um, you know, I think where I'm, I think kind of, I'm trying to think. I was recently slightly sort of, yeah. I went and did the O2 about a year ago where you climbed the roof of the O2 and they multi-purpose used 
a change in places facility at each side because you have to you have to transfer into a special wheelchair and then they take your wheelchair back to the to the other side of the climb okay uh, they basically left the wheelchair onto like a golf cart kind of trolley thing so it was it was a clever way of one providing a facility to go to the bathroom but two providing a facility for you to transfer into an event that made it an inclusive event that's probably the kind of the biggest wow i'm yet to when occasionally i've flown with virgin i've been lucky enough to go in their um like upper class lounge before and the bathroom isn't a change in places but the accessible bathroom has all the same fancy hand creams and branding and there's been a shower in there it would be nice to see more um changing places facilities almost lift and drop the same cool features that the standard bathroom has in you know us people in chairs we like we like to be spoiled too yeah. so we're no different absolutely I, I couldn't agree more i think for me real quick is i've also only used to changing places bathroom so far it would have been three if if the lift worked in the XL building, um, but uh, I think I think also the 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 first one was absolutely amazing and had all the bells and whistles uh, as you you shared, uh, Jasmine, with a, a sink that could go up and down, and it also had various things in it. The other one um, wasn't really a great experience. Um, the door didn't really uh, didn't want to lock, so we went inside and had to park the chair against the door so that no one could push it open from, from the outside. Um, I did report it um, after use, but yeah, I, I think I think uh, overall um, the the new 500 new bathrooms that are going to be built are a major win. And I think that whilst we've shared a lot of negative stuff today, I, I think that if you compare us to other countries, there is a lot that, that's been done for us and, and we need to be grateful for that. But in contrast, I think there's still room for a lot of improvement. And and as Ross said um, earlier as well about advocating together as, as a community rather than individuals in order to, to try and make a systemic change the way things are done. So with that, I just want to thank everyone for being here today and sharing as much as they could. Um, the time went real, re really quickly as well. So thank you for that, and uh, I look forward to to uh, hopefully having you back on some other episodes if you'd like to join us. Um, and, and, and yeah, just thank you for your time and for, for sharing. You've been listening to the Living with SMA podcast. We hope you can join us again next time. But in the meantime, please don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find out more on our website at smauk.org.uk. Thank you.